0: Welcome to the Salty Hair Self-Care Conversations. Join me, Claire Fowle, as I chat with thought leaders, wisdom leaders and self-care believers as we explore what taking care of ourselves looks like. Welcome to this week's Salty Hair Self-Care Conversation. I'm chatting with Becca Peastrelli today. Uh, she has a podcast called Belonging and it is probably my favourite podcast Becca talks about ancestors and living with the seasons and belonging to ourselves and each other. And it's one of my favourite weekly rituals and self-care practices to listen to this um, podcast that she speaks about ideas which resonate so deeply, which sometimes I've heard of which often feel like a remembering of something that I knew long ago. And so a few weeks ago, in a fit of courage, I reached out to Beck and said, would you come on my podcast? And she wrote back and said, yes. And there was a lot of dancing and a lot of tears uh, as I celebrated that. And so, to sit down and to spend 45 minutes just talking, uh, exploring the
1: ideas of self care and self connection and belonging with Becca was a complete honor, a complete delight. Um, it truly felt like
0: self care to be able to do that. And so, We cover so much um, in this conversation, but I love how Becca just articulates so beautifully
1: that place of longing in our heart, um, which can't be filled with Netflix or food or wine, and which called her to come into a deeper belonging with herself. Um, and and which she speaks
0: about, she has this beautiful sentence where she says that that loneliness is a constant presence in her life and, and that doesn't mean that something's wrong or that she's alone, but rather it's something so many of us are finding and craving um, because we once upon a time had the village and had that
1: connection with ourselves and lived with the seasons, and that we had it, and we can have it again. And so Becca's self care and her belonging is a
0: lot of ways of weaving that back in to life, and she talks about how that goes from. Something like taking a bath, but a really conscious bath. That that's something that needs to be practised and that over time that then becomes a ritual as part of her
1: life. I love as well that she
0: talks about trust, being a really central part of belonging, trusting herself, trusting others,
1: trusting the earth. And that is a theme which seems to be coming up a lot at the moment. So I hope that you can grab a
0: cup of tea and sit somewhere and just really enjoy the ideas and where this conversation goes and to receive the nourishment. So welcome to this Salty Hair Self-Care Conversation. Today I am talking to the gorgeous Becca P. Astrelli and I'm going to introduce you to her in just a moment. But first I want to invite you, Becca, and everyone who's listening with us to take three big deep breaths together to open this space and as we start breathing together, our hearts start beating together. So we'll take that big deep breath
1: in through your nose and let that go out through your mouth in through your nose and out through your mouth and one last in through your nose and out through your mouth.
0: And as we open this space, we honor the traditional custodians of the lands where each of us sits, to feel those who were here 100 years ago, a thousand years ago, 50,000 years ago, and since time began. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians to recognize and respect their cultural heritage, beliefs and relationship with this land since time began. I pay my respects to elders past and present and acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders as the first people of Australia. They have never ceded sovereignty and remain strong in their enduring connection to land, waters and culture. And I support the Uluru Statement from the heart. I'd also like to set the intention that our conversation will be, for us and for those listening, a source of joy, of soul connection and of nourishment for us. And so I welcome you, Becca, um, and for those who aren't familiar with Becca's work, Becca is a writer, a women's coach and a host of The Belonging podcast. She holds space for women to explore ancestral wisdom, to connect with the earth and to find meaningful and inclusive sisterhood. In the age of loneliness, Becca shows us how to feel like we truly belong to each other, to the earth and to ourselves so welcome thank you I'm so happy to be here oh, it is um it's wonderful to have you here and i wanted to share with you becca and with everyone that i it was only june this year i feel like i thought it must be a couple of years ago but it was not even six months ago that i discovered you and your work mm-hmm. i was going to hang the laundry out took my phone popped on a podcast and it was you and Julie Parker um, talking about colonialism and ancestry. And after just a couple of minutes, the laundry had been discarded and I was sitting out on the deck just crying. Mm. Um, and they were tears of hope, of recognition, of relief and of sadness as I listened to your story. and. All that you were sharing. Um, I was on, I am on uh, my own learning and unlearning um, journey of anti racism work and belonging, really. Um, and at that time, I was in such a place of guilt and shame mm. um, about being a white woman and mm. hearing your journey. Um, to a place of deep belonging that you talk about so beautifully helped me to remember that too. So I thought that's where we might start. Um, if you're happy to share a bit of that story and, and um, that idea of belonging to yourself, what what that means to you.
1: Hmm. Yeah, yes.
0: So
2: belonging is quite a massive... Um, Word in that it can mean so many things wrapped up into it. It carries a lot of weight and a lot of impact. And so the work of belonging really started for me with sisterhood or a lack of it or a feeling of not fitting in, of of being weird or of pretending and people liking me, but then me thinking if they really knew who I was they would not like me. So that's something I've carried, it's like a thread that's always been with me throughout my life. It's been very much related to myself, to the self of of feeling unworthy and of of feeling like I didn't fit in and it started with friendship like in the schoolyard, you know, with with girls. And then I started to realize as I kept growing up that I felt it everywhere. <laughs> I just felt it. And I'm someone who extrovert is, I said a lot of friends can sort of look from the outside pretty buttoned up, pretty, like successful, whatever the words are. But my internal
1: landscape felt like I didn't have a home. And so I took a look at that in many
2: ways, uh, with my relationships with, with women, with my relationships with men, my relationship with my family. With my relationship to the natural world, seeing the ways I felt fearful of the wild, and then I started looking at my ancestors and my ancestry, and I got deeper into these conversations about cultural appropriation and white supremacy. Uh, Donald Trump was elected our president and and a uh, wave hit mostly white women, many women and in indigenous women of color were like yeah we've always known this but it hit us and it hit me in a way a deeper way of not just cognitively knowing the history of colonization the history of us the United States with slavery of folks from Africa it was like in my body like you said you sat down and you just cried like I
1: felt the impact of my ancestors and It was hard to sit with, and yet I had enough education to learn about fragility to say,
2: okay, I'm a grown-ass woman, and I'm going to sit with this. And I actually started to get excited about learning and knowing about all my lineages, and i started learning about the witch burning times the burning times of europe and i started learning about the ancient ways before patriarchal christianity and i started realizing that i hold in my system the energies of the oppressor and of the oppressed mm-hmm. and i could lean into one each of them easily you know and uh and i realized this this concept of belonging is generations of harm being caused and suffering and not looking at it. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I'm gonna look at it. I had beautiful teachers in the process and beautiful community and what I can now say without my voice shaking and um, not with pride, but with just fact is I'm descended from folks who uh, who colonized the lands of the Abenaki people which is known as the state of Maine in the United States, um, who contributed to their attempted genocide. I'm descended from folks who um, enslaved people from Africa who built the ships that that won the American Revolutionary War against Britain. I am descended from the uh, leading judge of the witch trials in Salem, Massachusetts, which is a big um, part of our history. Mm here in the US, and I couldn't say those things before. I was too scared that it meant I'm bad, that it meant I don't belong. And what that did to me is it made me small and silent and frozen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I believe I'm. we are alive in this time, we can talk to each other on the internet half a globe away and talk about these things, both of us living on stolen land, and be able to say okay how can we be better ancestors how can we acknowledge you beautifully opening us with beautiful land acknowledgement like how can we do this work of repair and healing and in this leaning into that i notice there's parts of me in my i'm pointing to my heart space cuz that's where i feel like it lives right now parts of me that always felt like that existential ache like that hole that nothing could fill not food not netflix not social media scrolling trust me i tried it all um, i still attempt it uh that there's there's a deeper there's a, i don't know if contentment's the world my roots are deep in the ground and i'm here and now and i'm doing this work it's not like i'm happy and fixed but i'm here and alive and I have deeper care for myself, I have deeper care for my neighbors, I have deeper care for the descendants of the folks my ancestors harmed, and so that is an aspect of self-care, which is what you talk about, that I just never expected. Yeah.
1: I thought it would just be pain, but it's actually liberation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for putting that
0: into words, and I think that's what, as I listen to your podcast every week, you just kind of unravel exactly like you've just said there, just different aspects of belonging and, and how each of them is often surprising um, and what we expect it might be. The experience of it feels very different.
1: Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so you talk a lot around this age of loneliness and
0: I just wanted to ask what that means it it makes me curious each time it it makes me feel sad Um, and it also resonates Um, so yeah that
1: that it's something you speak about often speak about it
2: often because it also resonates it also makes me sad it also feels yeah it feels true so it's a, a term coined by um, a British environmental activist named George Monbiot
1: mm-hmm.
2: and um, it's really I didn't hear him say it or read him say it I heard it from a teacher of mine herbalism teacher get referring to the age of loneliness and and so I, I, I journeyed with it journeyed with the age of loneliness why do I feel that and I, I think it just what feels true is we are alive at a time when we have more connection like connective technology than ever before how many ways can you get in touch with me? You can Instagram DM me. You can Facebook message me. You can email me. You can text me. You can WhatsApp me. You can, and that's just, that's what, not even all of them. Even remotely, you can Slack, or you can Slack me. You could Skype me. You could uh, Zoom me. Yeah. There's all these ways we can connect. I have air quotes around connect. And yet, data is showing us that the highest levels of anxiety, highest... Um, suicide is on the rise, depression, and really just a general sense of isolation, which comes from a system we live in. We, you and I, live in the system of capitalism. And so, and we also are living in a time where just things are speeding up because of technology so that we're all, us and our ancient bodies are trying to speed up like the machines we're on. Yeah. And so that creates a crisis, that creates a crisis. So what do we do? We isolate out of our feelings of not being good enough, of not being able to keep up. Uh, And we've forgotten how to just be neighbors. And we've forgotten how to disagree. And we've forgotten how to honor grief. Mm-hmm. and how to celebrate you know there's and I'm saying that very generally I know not all of us have forgotten how and many of us have beautiful practices but in a from a collective sense you know again I always sort of say like from the outside I look like I got the friends and the stuff but like the loneliness I feel in my body is a constant presence yeah you know and I and I'm not someone who is like there's something wrong chemically with me I'm like no no this is just and I want to be careful with those words because I honor mental health, Yeah, um, any sort of mental health situations that people have, having that in my genetic past. But I know it's just the truth. <laughs> the truth for me is I'm, t- I'm tapping into the loneliness yeah. of these times. So that's why I talk about it so much because I think a lot of us think we're the only ones feeling it. Especially on social media where you're like, well, everyone else is on vacation and getting engaged and very rich or whatever it is, but it's,
1: what's the truth here?
0: Yes. And every time you speak about that, um, that, 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 that craving that around your heart. And I think I definitely, I mean, yes, I'm there. I I feel that I feel that. And it just keeps coming to me. It's a real longing to be, be longing isn't it Uh,
1: (laughs) it's a real longing to simply be yeah that's beautiful Claire yeah 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 yes
0: and with ourselves and and like you said I always just get that feeling of of us shoulder to shoulder it doesn't need to be knowing about the engagements and the holidays but it's just that kind of we've existed for so long, you know, in
1: our know, ancestral memory alongside each other. Um, mm. Yeah. Right, right. This
2: system we live in is relatively new in human history, the mm. system of competition and, um, yeah, having to have winners, which means there have to be losers uh, which has created things like perfectionism and um, comparison. I'm not saying that those are never around, but they're like that's a big thing up for so many of us. Yeah. And when we long for these ways of being, or we long for the village, or we long for a circle where everyone can just be themselves, and we, you know, that's because we we had it once, yeah. and we can have it again.
1: Mm.
2: we are we are doing it now yeah so it's like you're not crazy <laughs> you don't have to accept this you know yeah. we can we can do it a different way which is to opt out
0: absolutely and and so many i i mean i feel it so deeply and i hear so many women saying it is that craving for simplicity and i think Less. yes that that's in, inherent through all of this as well isn't it
2: right Right, the craving for simplicity, but the thinking that we need more stuff or more it's or like the the crowding, the calendar or the buying of the things. Because again, that's our what our system is like sending us messages. So it's this real dissonance, this real cognitive dissonance. But when we can quiet ourselves and have, you know, the connection you and I are having right now, like what's really true here? Is that it's about connection, it's about nature, it's about being about hearing ourselves, yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: and that there's, you talk so beautifully often around the seasons and that connecting into that and I have this feeling like if we have less stuff that we have to tidy and clean and organise and declutter. Mm. We have so much more time to look at the moon and, and to get in that, what does this? mean to me not even like a full moon means i must do this but what is the longing that comes with the full moon for me
1: yeah
2: yeah but i, I not but and i think a lot of us don't know what to do with that space yeah or that space even scares us
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know because we are alive in a time where every, everyone just fills the space mm-hmm. you know like how many people do you see stop at a stoplight and pick up their phone because they can't just be with the stoplight yeah. you know and I and I have compassion I'm not saying like whoa those people are messed up and like no we this is a system where we crave this space and yet it feels foreign so it's like a muscle it's like working a muscle like this is the care practice here of belonging is is noticing our addictions and noticing our discomforts and note and but listening to what our deep longing yearning for is if our yearning is for less and space we're like babies we're like babies just trying to figure out what to do it's staring at the moon yeah and with watching the rainfall and with you know and enjoying a flower it's it takes some adjusting
0: yeah absolutely and it's you know like i f- I was just I I wrote something recently that I'm usually pretty good at this I know for me scrolling is a real sign of (laughs) you know discomfort and it's something that I do a lot less of the mind the mindless scroll but I had a big event last week and then it just churned up stuff and I found myself for about three days scrolling and so it's it's. I love that that idea of the muscle. Not just it's not a one-off decision. We strengthen it, and then sometimes we get distracted, and then we just nudge ourselves mm, back,
1: back. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I the scroll for me was such a problem. I mean, it was a problem in the morning. Yeah, I would wake up and I would check it on the toilet, <laughs> and then. I noticed that even the littlest, well, it was like anything on my phone. So it was like the littlest text message, the littlest email, anyone's like posts on, you know, let's say Instagram, and I would have kind of an alarming reaction in my body, almost like panic. Yeah. And I wouldn't even be able to be like, "Oh, that email triggered me," or, "Oh, that po-. I would just feel alarmed. And like I couldn't put it down. <sighs> And so I have done this practice of um, 40 days of morning meditation and journaling before taking my phone off airplane mode. I'm on, as of recording, I'm on day 38. Wow. And it has been so hard. (laughs) It's so hard, which is why I put on Instagram hold myself accountable, which really helps for me. Yeah. I, I wake up and I keep my phone in there. I sleep with my phone in airplane mode. Some people aren't comfortable with that that's what I feel good with that and then I meditate for 15 minutes and then I journal I say at least two pages
1: and then I take it off airplane mode and um some mornings I just just a little just a little look and then I say why Oh, I, I don't want to be with myself. I'm afraid of being myself.
2: I'm oh, I'm afraid of missing out. What if something's happening? And I don't know. What does that mean about me? And so that's been the process is actually looking at why I want to pick up the phone and what I'm seeking and then staying with that and the meditation and the journaling and being honest, like this is hard today. I'm distracted today. Yeah. My phone, my fingers are itching for the phone, but like, What's behind all of that? Can I feel belonging just in myself without a Wi-Fi connection?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And yeah. I loved it when you um, have been sharing that and and that for, you um, shared an episode around your meditation practice. And it was so interesting because um, before I'd even seen that, I think before that launched, I had this just... I kind of would meditate off and on, you know, and then I just had this deep craving and started meditating twice a day. And then your episode came. I was like, I love that, you know. It was such a permission slip in there that you said, I don't really do meditation in silence. That doesn't feel easy. Sometimes it does. Sometimes I sit in nature and, and that's okay. But other times music or guided or there's no one right way and it's the same it's belonging is not one right way it's the act of the intention of the feeling of rather than what it looks like
2: yes I yes yeah, so this is the thing about being alive in this systems we live in is wanting to do the right thing mm-hmm. wanting to you know get the a plus on the report card or um seeking outside approval and so a lot of us want the the blueprint the roadmap the dogma like what is the right way you know how can i like you just you just give me the fastest way the magic pill the silver bullet to belonging and that's because you know we've got these religious texts that tell us the way or we've got You know, these businesses, say just pay us a thousand dollars and we'll give you the way, you know, like this is a part of our system. And so this is what I always talk about in my work is, um, every single human being, we come in with different ancestral stories, different traumas, different parenting. We live in different ecosystems. Our bodies are different. So you're gonna, I'm sorry to say, and also thrilled to say, you're going to have to figure out what works for you. Yeah. And how liberating. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. It is absolutely liberating. And that you, I often say to people, you cannot borrow self-care. What works for you it doesn't work for me. I can be inspired for by you, but it doesn't make it right or wrong. And it will also change from day to day for me yeah. you know, um, mm. to come back to, you know, the seasons around me, the seasons of my cycle, the what's happening. All of this will change. What belonging feels like and and supports me in that sense of belonging.
1: Mhm, which means you've got to be really present. You've got to
2: be which is something also we have a tendency to sort of shut off, right? We're all overworked and you know, too many too many messages in the inbox or you know, those who are parents, so there's a level of just exhaustion yeah. that's very present. And so there's the there, along with the desire to just give me, give me the blueprint, there's just the turning off. And that actually is not going to give your body or your spirit the rest or nourishment that you're actually seeking. It's about actively engaging in it, even a bath. Like actively engaging in it to truly let your nervous system receive it. Yeah. and to shift these habits these habits that you no longer want to be doing yeah you know it's you've got to be you've got to participate in it and then it goes from practice to a part of your life you know it it becomes a devotional act of your life and all of a sudden it's beautiful and reverent and nourishing
0: yes I love that and I think that's so true it is sometimes I mean, we have to start off with that as a practice and that sometimes it can feel really clunky. Mm-hmm. Um, something I've been working on lately is naming emotions. Mm. It can feel really clunky to say, at the moment, I feel sad and frustrated. But sometimes we have to start at that place of clunkiness yeah. for it. Then, like you say, that then it becomes natural and then it becomes... Woven into the mm. the pace and the, and the the fabric of our life.
2: Naming emotions that is hard. <laughs> that is so hard. Totally. Earlier today, uh I had I sort of had morning block of work, and then I went off and went to marriage counseling with my husband, which was delicious care, and had lunch, and then I have afternoon block of work. And when I completed my morning block of work and I came to have lunch with my husband, I was like, I am grumpy. <laughs> He's like, what else? It's like, I don't know. And I just started like shoving food in my face at a rapid rate. And then all of a sudden I would like spoon midway to my mouth. I put it down and I said, okay, wait, what's going on? And I just had to name the, I, I sort of like worked my way back. Why am I feeling this way? What? What is, oh, I'm feeling pressure. Am I feeling pressure? Oh, I got that email. What did that email make me feel? Oh, I had like a worthiness wound trigger to come up. Okay. And so, yeah, this act of naming emotion is so powerful yes. for us to like untangle the knots yeah. that we just aren't looking at, you know, and just build up in our lives.
0: Yes, yes. And that it then in like you said in that moment with your spoon to your mouth about yeah. to just uh, dampen that emotion you know will I come back to that belonging or will I just kind of push it down again that beach ball am I going to push it down but it's no I, I choose myself I'm going to put mm-hmm. that on and choose myself and
1: mm.
0: and I think that those words really belonging and, and self-care they're kind of interchangeable because it's how will I choose myself in this moment. And like you said, so beautifully walked us through that process of what's about? What's that about? Under that, under that, and allowing that. And and someone said to me recently that we treat it with compassion, but that's not being afraid for ourselves. So mm. to be afraid is to kind of push it down, but to be unafraid for ourselves. to say show me what that is
2: yeah it's a self-trust right I trust myself Mm -hmm. to navigate through this emotional moment I trust myself to figure to find what feels the best thing for me in this moment I trust that this will get easier over time I trust myself to keep showing up like do you like think about it can can you get to a place of trusting yourself and maybe you have to speak it I, just above I'm looking up on my office wall and it says I am trustworthy I am loved I know how to take care of myself because there will be moments where I'm like oh I'm stuck and like I have a thing with time like time I never feel like there's enough time yet I know that's not true and so those moments I just look like rainbow colored I watercolored it and I put it on the wall Behind my desk, and just says, I'm trustworthy, I'm loved, I belong, I know how to take care of myself. That is, I will keep saying it, I will keep saying it so it can guide me in this work.
0: Yeah. And that really is, isn't that amazing that we are having this conversation? We use that word, it's there, it's really the heart of belonging is that trust, isn't it? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Just coming back to life.
2: Right. And I think a lot of the messages we get, whether they're, you know, overt or subconscious, are that we can't trust our bodies.
1: Mm -hmm. We
2: can't trust our minds. We can't, you know, we just can't. uh, Women, oh my gosh, can't trust women with their sexuality. Can't trust women with food. Can't trust women with men, you know, just can't. And it's just, it creates a disconnect where we think, I'm out of control, you know, I'm out of control and I'm, I'm screwed to be unhappy, to be lonely, to be unhealthy, whatever it is, and it's just not true. We can trust ourselves again,
1: yeah. yes.
0: And and so that brings us so beautifully to um, you talk about belonging to each other, to the earth, to ourselves, and that's kind of really the opposite, isn't it? Of that fear and that distrust is belonging. Mm-hmm. So that belonging.
1: To each other what does that look like what
0: what are the kind of uh, practices that help you deepen into that what does that mean to you
1: yes community mm-hmm.
2: community is so important sisterhood is so important for those that identify on that feminine side of the binary
1: um yeah it's what has really supported me in this work is to remember we were
2: never meant to do this alone ever i like i don't care what your mom told you i don't care what your grandmother told you i don't care what the beauty industrial complex told you we were never meant to do this alone and so leaning into community is an act of leadership because so many of us have lost those ways or don't feel like in the not feeling trust of ourselves or not feeling trust of each other harm's been done we know this you know and so how can we cultivate healthy meaningful inclusive community so for me that's gathering with women with the seasons and the cycles i have a circle of women i gather with under the new moon we share our hearts vulnerably we've been gathering for years and we're still like, we're just getting deeper and deeper as the trust builds between us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I really, the internet is amazing. There's so much community there, but I'm just really not, but, and I'm really encouraging everyone to do the work that feels tender and vulnerable to cultivate a deeper sense of connection with your neighbors, because, you know, we're talking about fires as of this recording, you've got the bushfires down there in australia we have we're in fire season here in california like i have never realized how important my street my neighbors are to me than now and what can we do to remember that we we belong to each other you know how can we unify in this space yes there are ways to um address harm cause and yes we should be Uh, rising up and uplifting our marginalized brothers and sisters and that means we realize we belong to each other and we do the, the scary stuff right we reach out we raise our voices we step out we you know don't you know the first time someone shuts the door in your face you come back two weeks later with like fresh baked bread whatever it is um it's so important to remember that we've always been in community
1: and it we can do it again yeah and and it's it's what we're hardwired for isn't it yeah part of that that longing is that um that that simplicity of
0: i've read something it was a long time ago but you know that we're hardwired to know intricately the lives of you know a hundred people and and kind of have um in our awareness a couple of hundred people these were kind of the size of of our lives yeah long ago and that the the thing that facebook and instagram it does is we're in touch with a thousand people's lives and so the our hearts are trying to hold all of them in the same way that we would have. Mm. And yet that, that pushes us to overwhelm. And, and so, like you say, it is that. And,
2: and false belonging, the sense, mm-hmm. you know, we get the serotonin hit of someone hitting a heart on our post on Instagram, but you know, what are we sharing on that place? Again, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying like, can you tune in to the deeper levels of knowing the whole, you know, having a person, mm-hmm snot and cry on your shoulder you know (laughs) like or you do the same to them or feed them when they're sick or whatever it is like that's i the this idea of false belonging i find very interesting of uh it can sometimes also look like fitting in
1: Mm -hmm.
2: whereas there's we of course we want to fit in of course we want to fit in we are hardwired to want to belong but are you just trying to fit in and not actually in a sort of settled trusting place of belonging where sometimes there is dissonance where sometimes it isn't, you know, flower crowns under the full moon where it's, Mm -hmm. it's real deal. You know, have you helped, have you held someone's hand as they died? Have you had to help the woman who just had a baby, like, because she's, her husband is out of town and she's needs support and she's crying and you need to hold the baby as it's crying. Like these moments that aren't always so picture perfect, Instagram feed, beautiful. These are going to feed the resilience, this muscle we're building to remember that we belong to each other. So I, I really invite everyone who's listening to lean into that, whatever's coming to you right now, that idea, lean into that
0: idea, yes. see where it takes you. Yes, yes. And I love that, and and to take it kind of that step out again. And I think it actually, then kind of is a grounding under that idea of belonging to each other is that belonging to the earth. Yeah, you can even just feel it, can't you? Just. Uh-huh. And I think for me, what I have found so much of that is how supported I am by the earth. You know, I I literally yeah. go to the ocean to lie in the salt water to beheld.
1: Um and yeah
0: so what talk to us more about that because you so <laughs> want to hear more me. about the salt water holding <laughs> you. <laughs> I was well, like that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. Well it's amazing. It was a year ago you know I liked the beach. I go to the beach and a year ago I was in circle um in the lead up to Christmas and we were asked to a guided meditation we gave ourselves a present and mine was to go to the ocean every day and I was a little underwhelmed by that Uh, I was like that's a bit obvious but I did it and it was profound and I through the year haven't gone every day maybe not every week but definitely every month and and you know most weeks but it is that and you said it before with about baths that I go and I'm like practice being held. What mm. does it feel like to be held? And um this morning the ocean was really wild and yet it still held me and, and it was that kind of oh yeah nature shows us it, it can be rocky and supportive at the same time.
1: Oh I love that. Yeah. Yeah the elements
2: the elements earth air fire water the seasons you know spring summer autumn winter the phases of the moon and how they're connected to the tides the way you plant a seed and you can watch it go from sprout to flower to fruit to compost these are very sacred ways of being that have always been and so I think what we've done in the way patriarchal capitalism and the industrialist society has moved is we've really lost our ability to feel like at one with all of that Mm -hmm. you know it's it's that we fear the forest and we are scared of the dark and we that plant might poison us and I don't have a green thumb and You know, this rain is really getting in the way of my plans or whatever it is. It's, I'm still very much, I mean, I'll probably be for the rest of my life, rewilding myself. You know, here I am in my, I don't live off grid. I live in a suburb of San Francisco. I have electricity in the grid and flush toilets. And I'm talking on the internet, on my, my stuff and my things. And yet, I have this. I have this garden. I'm in full devotion to, and just gardening is, is reminding me. Just seeing like a ripe, you know, beautiful tomato, and seeing like the way my body can be a ripe, beautiful tomato, or seeing the way you know, um, up here it's autumn. It's it's late autumn, and we're seeing the great shedding, the letting go, the death part of the cycle that is always spiraling and. And so I'm reminded of like the shadow. I'm reminded of the death of my ancestors, my death that's coming. And so it's just a teacher. Yeah, The land is a teacher mm-hmm. for us. It's, it's like never ending spiritual truth. It's so beautiful and it, it can hold you. It can, it, it's, it's um, an embodiment practice as much as it's like, you know, watch a flower bloom and appreciate beauty. It's like, you are the flower. <laughs> like, how are you the flower? Where are you in this your cycle? Where, like, if you're bleeding, where are you in your moon cycle? Whether you're bleeding or not, where are you seasonally? How does your body feel? Like, what shifts when you put your hands in the dirt? These can feel uncomfortable for the, uh, those of us, you know, who didn't have the granny who took us in the garden or who didn't, you know, go walking or trekking on holiday, but we can remember. Yeah. And it's, you know can there really is something to hugging a tree. I know everyone makes fun of it, but there's a lot to it. It feels really good <laughs> putting your spine to the spine of a tree and feeling it hold you. There's just so many ways we can learn and what we've got to do is
1: is get out there and and ask to be taught, ask to be taught.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a beautiful Coming back to what we were talking about before about trust, I um, a few months ago got to had the great privilege of spending some time with some Aboriginal elders, and they spoke so much about nature teaches us trust. You can't pick the flowers until they're in bloom or eat the fruit, and so you just
1: wait. Yes,
0: and there's no time frame. it it will happen when it happens and and to trust in that. Mm
1: -hmm. And it was being slow enough and observant enough um, to really let that be.
2: Right, because the the greater pace is much slower than the pace we're moving at. And so that takes an adjustment, but it's such a relief. Because what what are we all craving for? Simplicity, slowing down. You can take it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And so as we come to the end of our time, we've kind of, it's been through everything we've talked about, but self-care, what does it mean to you? What does it look like to you
1: in your life? Mm, I have to speak
2: just from the moment because it shifts so often um it's really cooking my own food right now and I've returned to it not I I never stopped cooking my food but my you know when your attention all of a sudden goes on something and you can see just how important and powerful it is and so I was I was always cooking food you know I sort of saw it as a nuisance and
0: the more the more I
2: read about mindful eating and cooking and the more I engage with my garden, I can see this concept of a food that is alive and life-giving, and that it's like spell work. Like I can pour my intentions into it as I stir the soup or I lovingly cut the food. I can eat slower, I can play music. It's it's wooing me <laughs> to to cook. And I it just it's come into my presence and it's it's so interesting I love that I'm framing it as self-care because it can so easily go into an annoyance a nuisance let's just sort of take out like ugh. but I'm really in this place of no no this is a devotional practice to honor my body and the land and all the hands that got this food to my plate it feels it feels very very powerful mm-hmm. so that's and and I, I have to say I love a bath. I yeah. love a bath. The submer-, submer submerging my body in water
1: is so cleansing. Yeah. I just find it to be very, very important part of my weekly rituals.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you for naming them and um I uh, for for just unpacking that around the, 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 preparing food. And I know something we haven't touched on today, but that you speak about that food is also such a, a powerful link to ancestors. And, and yes. so just in that one act of preparing a meal, you have embodied all those aspects of belonging, mm. self, each other, the land, ancestors. Um, and that is, kind of self-care that I'm interested in. It's not something outside of ourselves and it's not something extra. It's a daily, it's it's through that intention and that noticing and receiving of that nourishment rather than booking in for a pedicure. Yes. Which is also right. and it's and it's but it's and like you said, it's the preparing of the food. And on the flip side, some days it's ordering the food.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's so not really-
0: right or wrong. But
1: it's that noticing. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: So, Becca, it has been true self care to be able to chat with you and to hear just some of your wisdom um, and and to delight in in all of this. Um, Where can people find you, your beautiful work, if they want to keep on Mm. following all that you do? Well, since.
2: Since, they're, since you're listening to a podcast right now, um, I also have a podcast called Belonging. <laughs> surprise, <laughs> surprise. Uh, yeah, so you can, if you want to listen to me, I put out posts or I put out episodes every week-ish. You can just search Belonging wherever you listen to your podcasts. And Instagram, when I'm not mindlessly scrolling and I'm intentionally <laughs> communing, uh, Becca Piastrelli p-i-a-s-t-r-e-l-l-i and then my website is back at the if you want to learn more about me and my work
0: fantastic and i will pop on links to all of those places in the show notes Um, but thank you so much it has been just such a joy to chat with you Um, and thank you for joining us for this salty hair self-care conversation Until next time, I hope you have a week filled with joy and with peace. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me for this Salty Hair Self-Care Conversation. I hope you're feeling nourished, connected, maybe a sense of aliveness the way that talking about ideas does and maybe, wow, I didn't realise there were other people who felt like this too. If that's you, you may be interested in joining us in our Salty Hair self-care community. We are a group of women who come together each month for an online circle and an online workshop and value a shared sense of belonging and being surrounded by others who are also exploring what it means to take care of themselves. Membership is $40 a month and there's no contracts. Stay for as long as it serves you. I've popped a link below so that you can join us. If you're listening to this on iTunes, I would love you to subscribe, to rate and leave a review to help others find these conversations. Finally, I would love to connect with you over on Facebook and Instagram at Salty Hair Self Care. Until next week, keep weaving joy and peace into your day.